Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Heron, and this week on the show, we have former Real Housewife of Beverly Hills, Teddy Mellencamp. You know, Teddy was, you either loved her or you hated her on the show, but she has a reality TV eye. She loves The Bachelor. She was so fun. She had great insight on things she found on TikTok and just watching the show, and she really embraced Matt James' season of the show, and I think it was a really fun listen. Before we get into that, I just want to give you guys an update on this Chris Harrison situation. Um, I broke it all down on Friday's episode of Fear for the Right Reasons, everything that happened following Chris Harrison's interview with Rachel Lindsay about Rachel Kirkinell, who is obviously on math season right now. Um, a lot happened over the weekend, including Chris Harrison releasing a, another statement, which reads in part, the historic season of The Bachelor should not be marred or overshadowed by my mistakes or diminished by my actions. To that end, I have consulted with Warner Brothers and ABC and I will be stepping aside for a period of time and will not join the after the final row special. I am dedicated to getting educated on a more profound and productive level than ever before. I want to ensure our cast and crew members to my friends, colleagues and our fans. This is not just a moment, but a commitment to a much greater understanding that I will actively make every day. So Chris Harrison stemp temporarily stepping back from the show. We don't totally know what this means. We know that he won't be on the After the Final Rose. They already taped the Women Tell All, which is going to air most likely not next week, but the week after. Um, he will be on that doing his job, being the, you know, the Chris Harrison that he is probably trying to get some information out of these women and hold them accountable for some of their behavior, which we've seen on the show. But we also know Rachel will not be there. Um, he confirmed that during his interview with Rachel Lindsay when she asked him about it. So we know that Rachel Kirknell definitely makes it past hometowns basically by him confirming that. Um, or it'll be a cliffhanger, maybe. Who knows? Long story short, after the Women Tell All, Chris Harrison will be there for the finale and then not for the live portion of the finale, the after the final rose. Usually it's a matter of days, a week in between those where they start filming The Bachelorette, who they have not announced. There was all these rumors it was Katie, but I don't think that anything has been decided yet. I don't know if they even leaked that, maybe to see people's reactions or what, but a lot has happened since that. So we don't know if it's Katie. We don't know if it's Abigail. We don't know if it's any of... It could be one of Matt's runner-up, whoever doesn't win. Likely not Rachel Kirkinell, even if she loses. Um, but it should be interesting to see who The Bachelorette is and if they have Chris Harrison part of that season. You know, some people are saying, put Rachel Lindsay in. She, I don't even know if that's something she would want, to be honest. Um, she was asked by E! News and she said that's not something she's even thinking about. What she wants and what I know a lot of people who watch the show want um, is to see everything they're going to do with full transparency. We want to know what Chris Harrison means by he's going to be learning and he's going to take every day as an opportunity to do better. 
you know, what does that mean? I think if some sort of special or discussion and even a deep dive with Chris Harrison and some of the contestants who have been holding him accountable could be really interesting because it would just be weird to have him skip after the final rose and then be like, all right, here we are with our new bachelorette. You know, I think this franchise has a history of putting band-aids on things and not totally fixing them. And it should be really interesting to see where they go from here. My guess, this is a total random prediction. I know no inside information, but I'm putting it on record just in case I'm right, is Tasha, who recently hosted Entertainment Tonight and does clickbait with The Bachelor um, is going to host after the final rose. I don't know why. I think it's going to be Tasha, And then I think The Bachelorette, they're going to have some sort of like rotation where Chris Harrison might be involved, but they'll also bring in other alums and sort of make this a teachable moment. And then maybe we'll be back on the beach in paradise with Chris Harrison. But I don't know. It No matter what happens, I think there's going to be an awkwardness um, and an uncomfortableness, which maybe we need. So yeah, that's your Chris Harrison update. We will keep you posted on any other developing aspects of the case of Chris Harrison, Rachel, and Rachel. You know, Rachel Kirkenau also was responding in her comments, which I thought was interesting to people who said they didn't accept her apology. And she was like, I totally get that. I'm going to prove it to you. Um, So she, in that sense, is doing, you know, probably everything she can or what she should be doing. Um, But again, actions speak louder than words. And this franchise knows that better than anyone else. So that's your controversy update. I'm sure there will be more. Um, Matt has yet to say anything besides stand with Rachel, which I think was great. Um, A lot of people have rallied around Rachel Lindsay. Um, He stood with Rachel Lindsay, not Rachel Kirkconnell. He hasn't really spoken about that too much besides what I talked about on Friday, which was the brief thing he said about the liked photos saying, give her a chance. But that was pre Old South party. Without further ado, I would like to give you my lengthy chat about the final four and all the women who we saw go home, including a fun game of Bachelor in Paradise or Pass with Teddy Mellencamp. I am joined by Teddy Mellencamp, who you know from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but she is a big Bachelor fan. I've listened to you on Jackie Schimmel's Bitch Bible podcast, her (laughs) her correspondent. I'm a fan of Jackie's, and I'm so excited to pick your brain and talk about this week's episode of The Bachelor. How are you, Teddy? You know, I'm in deep. I am in deep. I have a lot of thoughts. I even this morning was like, you know what? I think I need to watch some parts again to make sure that I'm fresh. Even though wow. last night. So you rewatched what what parts did you go to? Was it the Heather? Was it the elimination of half of the cast in five minutes? Well, okay. My first real doozy of a situation is Yesenia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Last week, Yesenia is coming at MJ for being a mean girl, and which she may or may not have been. I I, I can't even really remember what MJ did at this point because <laughs> I'm now focused on who's here. But I do remember Yesenia coming in hot with how mean MJ is. However, when the new chick walks in, who is the first to pounce on her? Yesenia! I know. These girls did exactly what they were accusing Victoria, which she did, and MJ of doing to the other newbies, they did the same thing to Heather. The ex- And I'm sorry, Heather comes in and she's like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and so happy and so nice. And she didn't come in like, she, I mean, granted, you're on The Bachelor. You know there's going to be surprise women showing up. Mm-hmm. So the women that are upset at the other women, I'm always confused. I'm like, do you do you honestly think that like production had no idea this was coming and that she just strolled right in? Like, guys. This but, is the season of misplaced anger. Beyond. <laughs> These women are taking it out on each other and not Matt or the show or anything besides each other, which is even we can see as viewers that there's something wrong here. 
Well, what I can't decide is I'm thinking maybe it's because, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic and everybody's been locked up, like in quarantine, like in their hotel rooms. And now they're just out and they are ready to go and they Mm -hmm. don't care who they have to go at. And so the hard part I'm having with this season is I think it's so competitive, but not even because they like Matt. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's something to be said for it was so built up and they're in this on this resort or like woodlands land. Kingdom, I don't know what it is. Kingdom, yes. And normally they're traveling. There's like a lot more going on. Whereas this season, they're so wrapped up in each other. And it's it's really been interesting that even in this episode, we didn't get to see the day portion of the group date. Because I think we've been focused on the drama so much, they needed to finally show us the relationships. Like, we missed, I think, a whole day part of the group date. We, a huge part. And not to mention, when we do actually get to the dates, I am like, I'm like, I see myself go to my phone. Yes. Because that's the when you know. Conversation is so repetitive. Like, you know, I'm really here for the right reasons and I like you and you're great, but there's like no real, like, Give me the juice. Like, I have to say the best date, in my opinion, thus far of the season was Michelle and Matt's date. I love Michelle. I'm all I, in on Michelle. I, and also, even when they showed the her, like, outtakes at the end, loved her even more. I'm like, show me that. Mm-hmm. Because that is so funny. It's endearing. But I have yet to see, even though I, I coined Rachel to be the winner, I was on Nick's podcast, like, right at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, I think she's going to win. Um, I still don't see that connection that he had with Michelle and that they laughed and had fun and it felt effortless. Like mm-hmm. that's a date I want to be on. Like some of these other dates, I'm like, <sighs> I totally, I totally get it. I love Michelle. I want to go back to Heather really quick for a second. Okay. Um, because do you remember, did you watch Colton Underwood season? Cause that's where she's, she's from. Yes. Never been kissed, right? Yes. Never that been kissed. Job title. Okay, great. Okay, so how do we feel about this whole Heather situation overall? Because part of me, last week, I was like, oh, homegirl, like, you should just not go home. Like, this is not going to be work out for you. But this week, very quickly, I was like, I want Heather to get everything good in the world because they just came out so swinging, accusing her of bachelor hopping. Like we said, misplaced anger. And Piper, I was super disappointed in because she was so great last week. And she was acting like Heather attacked her because she happened to be the one talking to Matt at the time. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I think what we forget is that Heather didn't show up at the end. Like Mm -hmm. she was in quarantine for two weeks in that same house waiting to see Matt. So she has been there longer than they. It's not like she just strolled in. So Mm -hmm. there's this pent up. She's excited to see him. Also, I mean, the ones that are that upset because they've had all these experiences with Matt. I mean, Abigail hadn't even gone on an alone date with Matt. Yeah. So there's, there's not really any big difference here. And I mean, some of these, I mean, I, I love Brie, but I can barely remember her because her date was so long ago. I know you're right. It's been very hard to connect to these relationships. And I think it's because, and don't get me wrong. I love the drama. I I work in us weekly. I I thrive on trauma. I cover reality TV, but if I'm saying 
I can't get behind any of these relationships because I've never seen them. I feel like that's all you need to know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like before, you know, the, normally it's jam packed with different like strong relationships where you really are like, who's going to be the one? Who's going to mm-hmm. be the one? And with this one, I didn't even mind that Heather came in because I'm like, you know what? None of these seem like that other than that Michelle date, which you don't see much follow up on. I was like, you know what? I'm kind of okay with Heather. If Heather has a strong connection with you know, Hannah and they have, they have this friendship, you know, granted, of course, my skeptical (laughs) mind's like, you know, this probably, this set up probably could have happened before. Right. Whatever. There's always that surprise guest, but the difference is normally the surprise guests are villains from years past, Mm -hmm. but never been been kissed. I don't believe was a villain in any capacity. No, I think she was just a nice, she got her first kiss with Colton. And I think she might've self-eliminated almost, which I love a self-elimination. I feel like that's taken back the narrative. Oh, which gets us to some of the further things in this episode. Oh, I mean, yes. I, I really didn't have a problem with her being there. And I think that something he said that was really telling, he's like, I keep doing words of affirmation. My wife is in this room. Like he's trying to convince, convince himself, himself that his wife is in this room. So then he's like, all right, Heather, just because. And mainly he knows that. Other than his wife being in this room, a bunch of other women that are going to attack each other are also in this room. And he's like, it's not even worth it for poor Heather to get the tongue lashing that she's going to get if she stays. No, it's definitely not. I feel like this season more than ever, Matt, the bachelor, the lead, whoever, but Matt in this case is learning more that he didn't know was going on. There's always stuff the lead doesn't necessarily know or hears bits and pieces of, which is part of the show and who's going to tell him and how's he going to handle it. But more so than ever, I feel like he's learning so much that he had no idea what's going on and none of it's good (laughs) none of it's good but also it's none of it's good but i feel like the more that they see that they can get people sent home the more they want to do it Mm. because they're like great i can be the one to tell him next and then we can get the next girl home but like none of them are learning from their mistakes i mean believe me i've been on a reality show and had made my fair share of mistakes but i try not to make the same identical ones every time but like they're they're repeating it over and over again i think they are just wrapped up in this show and this experience but we saw chelsea and serena c who i love chelsea was great we loved her i loved her personally serena c i was really happy to say goodbye to (laughs) serena c i i never really saw a connection between her and matt and like she was just as kind of aggressive with some of the women as Victoria or MJ mm-hmm. or whatever the situation was. And like, I, I I didn't understand why she kept thinking the other women were taking away from her. Like, in my opinion, in any relationship, if you're connecting with the person, it won't matter who else is in the room. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter like how smart, how beautiful, how whatever it is that another person walks in, it shouldn't take away from your connection, which is what you do see between him and Rachel, which is why he always gives her the rose. Yes. Yes. We're going to get to that group date because that was some direct validation from Matt to Rachel. But first, I want to talk about Serena P and this one-on-one and her getting another one-on-one before Abigail got a one-on-one, especially specifically, you know, we saw the, the run and jump. And I know that you tried to get Edwin, your husband, to do the run and jump on Instagram. <laughs> I I need to know some things. I need to like, I honestly almost slid into Caitlin's DMs and was like, do they make you do this? Like, I need to understand because 
one, I've never felt less attractive or sexy or like fit, like trying to run and jump into my husband's arms. And like he on he goes, you're going to kill me. I thought you were going to kill me. That's what he thought. And I was like, I what I don't understand how Matt's ready to catch. There has to be like some direction there. There Whether has it's to be like we're a warning a dancing move here. She's going to run. You're going to jump. All of these things. I mean, things have to be perfect, perfectly in place. It's not like they're just running and putting their arms around them. And then the legs are straight. The legs are going up. Yes. That's a whole situation that like, I just, I, I don't think everybody's ready for. I know they, they, it's a bachelor staple and they did it well. I will say, cause I don't really see the huge connection between Serena P and Matt, but they can run and jump well, which, you know, that's part half the battle on the show. That is, I mean, I can't do it with my husband and we've been together 12 years. So, I mean, it does go to say something, but I think there's something with him and Serena P that we didn't necessarily see because I started even like, to get some of his videos on TikTok, and he was like making jokes about charcuterie trays mm. like calling him the wrong name and he was like so i think it was all like a tie to her because remember she was the one that was like joking with him about yes like you don't know a charcuterie tray like i think he liked her kind of humor mm -hmm. um i just don't really feel it with them kind of friend zone -y. And he kind of said that in the episode. He was like, I got myself in the friend zone. It's like, Matt, you're the bachelor. I feel like you, they, that doesn't, you don't really get friend zone. <laughs> no, like they're all going to go for it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's too many turtlenecks. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the kissing with the eyes open. <laughs> I don't know. I think Matt overall is doing a great job with handling these, this quite the group of women, which makes it so funny to point, to poke fun at things like the turtlenecks and the kissing with the eyes open. Cause the important stuff, I think he's doing well. It's oh, all like the silly he's stuff. He's a good guy. Like mm -hmm. watching this, if I, my kids were going to be on the show, I'd be like, you know what? He's a really good guy. He's a stand up guy. He sticks to his word. He seems to have a lot of respect for everybody that's on the show. He's trying to do the right thing. But I think some Sometimes if you're so concerned with trying to do the right thing, it's going to be yeah. hard to really find that connection. Yeah, I got it. And especially, you know, with these new girls coming in, that's why I'm happy Michelle somehow snuck in to be one of the only like late, late comers to be still be on the show. Cause I really think there was something there, but I think there is something there between them. I think there is too. Okay. Let's talk about tantric yoga. Okay. <laughs> have you ever done that before? I can't say I have. <laughs> I can't say that I have. And I felt very awkward watching it. <laughs> like I, I, she was so not comfortable when she shares, but like at that point, like maybe laugh and like be over the top. Like, let's try to have fun with this in some capacity. But it, for me, the entire date, that was one of the moments where I was like, let me check the gram and see what's going on there. <laughs> Let me go back to the charcuterie board TikToks. <laughs> no, totally. That like near kiss they had was wildly uncomfortable. Um, I didn't, I like, I just was cringing. Well, some, I am curious about the kiss. I don't know that there's a lot of tongue involved in these kisses. Mm. It's a maybe because they know the camera is going to be like zooming in. I know. I mean, I remember like even on my wedding day being because I knew there was a photographer there being slightly awkward with like I like thinking about the kiss more than I would normally think about a kiss. But I'm like, are these all like open mouth pet kisses with eyes open or what's going on here? Because you don't I, I haven't really seen the make out that I'm like, yes. Yeah, I, I get that. I feel like Matt has been a little conservative sometimes with his with who he does kiss too. Like we just came from Pilot Pete, who I'm pretty sure like set the record on how many girls he kissed during See, the season I or something. That season. 
Mm. Well, you if you want to watch the makeouts, go go rewind the tapes <laughs> because he like set the record, I think, for most kisses on night one, and it just continued. Oh, so good. Um, but I did like Serena telling Matt that she was uncomfortable with the date because we never really see that. Usually they just pretend that they're having a good time or complain to each other, um, which, you know, at least like good for her because not that she could ever, that anything's going to change, but it was nice to hear her kind of like have an opinion and not just pretend like this was the best day of her life. Yeah, no, I think she definitely is somebody who's going to say how she's feeling in the moment, whether it's uncomfortable or not. Uh, but I was like, you know, you're on a dating show you're gonna have yeah. to like some of the dates no i mean i i wouldn't necessarily want to be on one of those like uh, the punching each other out date <laughs> either but like this is what you signed up for can we just rule out the punching dates by the way like last season we had the guys doing like the strip dodgeball and this year we, we this season we had like the oiling up and the whatever like i just don't need it i feel like there's other competitions we I, can do i don't need that kind of physical like if you, even if you wanted to do races like let's right. race let's mm-hmm. like show our athletic ability but like actually trying to injure one another like maybe he's still trying to make it up to serena p because she got punched in the nose <laughs> yeah maybe like that is maybe scary. maybe that's why she got another one-on-one <laughs> yeah he's like you know what we really got to see what we're gonna do here well she but, got yeah. she got the rose which solidified her as a final four spot which i mean when i was watching this episode it was really alarming to know we were going from 10 11 if you include heather to four this quickly i mean they really were dropping like flies which you can see they're this is they're going to continue dropping like flies because it's too, it's too rushed yeah they're not forming these relationships. You're seeing it happen. That's why all the women are, you know, like piranhas after each other because they're not able to really form enough of a relationship with him. In other seasons, there are multiple dates. There's multiple group dates where they're spending time. This, these ones also keep getting cut short. Yeah, it, it, like this, this group date, which we didn't even see. I assume there's something that they did during the day that we just didn't see, um, which I had Jojo Fletcher on the show recently, and she told me she filmed an entire group date that just didn't air because they didn't have time. So I don't know if it was this week or that a couple weeks ago they didn't air a group date, um, but wild. They had her and Tasha come down in quarantine, and they just didn't show that they were even <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Like, there's stuff that's been left on the cutting room floor of this season is very interesting. Well, the, um, I think they needed it out for timing-wise. Like, people needed something to watch. Yeah. And we did see at least one thing we did get with this group date is pretty much every girl sat down with Matt and did like an evaluation. It felt like school. Like, where are we at? Where can we go? What, where, what are your deal breakers? And Kit, for example, was someone who I almost feel like was laying it out on the line, like thinking she was about to be broken up with and then it didn't work. Like he was just like, okay, well, we can Kit go slow. Actually, I didn't necessarily, I wasn't leading Kit's fan club at the beginning of the season, but I have to say, I really liked her in that conversation. Like I was mm-hmm. like, how smart, because it's true. Like, what is she? 21 years old. I don't know how old she is, but like, she's 21 and she's, she's still 20. a senior at NYU. Yeah. So she was actually putting herself out there and saying, this, this is what's important to me. These are my goals. This is what I want to do. I want to still create another portion of my life before settling down. I was actually very impressed with that conversation more so than some of the others where it was just like, do you like me enough? Yeah. Like, where are we at? Because they don't know that he's saying I like love to Rachel. And they're all still asking about like and getting a validation that he's even interested in them when Rachel and Matt are over here, like talking about planning their wedding, basically. I know pretty much they're they're there. So I, I, I appreciated Kit in that moment. But then I knew like the second Abigail started bringing up, you know, how do what are we going to do? You know, are you in the same place as me? I was like, she's going home. Let's talk about Abigail, because 
It's so interesting. On The Bachelorette, the trend is the first impression rose recipient usually wins or goes really far. The Bachelor, it's much less of a of a like a of a pattern. It's kind of a disaster, which you know they always go back to saying the men in charge is different than the women in charge. They're different shows. But Abigail, she got that first impression rose and she's been consistently on the show, but she never got the one-on-one. Do we think that Matt maybe just thought giving her that first impression rose or giving her a little bit of attention was like enough and he was just like kind of keeping her around? Like I I don't know what happened there because I really like her. I really liked her too. And I think she's funny. And, but I don't think Matt ever got to see that side of her. I think every single time that they were together, she felt like she needed to get information to him Mm. so that then she wasn't holding anything back. And I think because of that, he didn't see like the fun loving side that she was with some of the other women or like there's points where she's not taking herself so seriously. She's making a joke. Like she's doing those types of things. But I think she was so worried about like getting that deep connection Mm. that some of the fun was taken away. Yeah. You need to find that middle ground because you got to get serious. I would shocked if she's the next Bachelorette. I would. I want, I'm, I'm, I'm leading the campaign. I think she has so many different sides to her. Like you said, we didn't even really get to see the fun side of her. She's gorgeous. She obviously opened up about her disability and being deaf. And that's an amazing thing to dive into. She talked about her dad and there was some stuff there that he doesn't seem like that great of a guy. There's so many layers. And I just think she... When she was talking, it was so relatable when she was talking about how she feels like she's the girl who guys like are almost ready for. I actually wrote that down. I I wrote something down that like, yeah, I'm the girl that what they want next. Mm -hmm. They they hang out with me and they decide what they want next. And I think so many people relate to that. And I think hopefully watching back for her, she sees like what an amazing person that she is. Mm -hmm. And like she has so much to offer. And I think if she's in a position of strength where they're all like vying for her affection, she can, you know, remove all that like worry that maybe maybe I'm not enough for this person or they're going to want somebody next and be, you know. I'd be able to see a completely different side. I I loved her, but I knew that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, that line is a very bad, it's a relatable line, but it's also a big bachelor line. You can see that getting plastered all over the billboards. Like, will she, is she the one or is she the one leading up to the one? Like the play on words, all that stuff. It's um, coming. It's coming. I really it's like coming. her. Um, she's probably one of the only girls who can watch the season back and not have any regrets. Cause like yeah. you said, she, she came off great. And I think it's cause she really is. They always say you can only make, you know, a, a villain quote, a quote unquote villain look worse, but you can make a good person look better. Some people you see, like you never know with the edit, but I feel like with her, I just, I don't, I don't feel manipulated at all. A legitimately good person who opened up, who was vulnerable, who wanted to find love with him. Didn't have much of an opportunity to. So in the moments that she tried to, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Got, what is it? Probably 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, but you want to be honest. You want to be straightforward. You want to get everything out, but you, you miss out on, on the other stuff. Yeah. I'm really rooting for Abigail. Um, like you said, Kit, I think it was interesting to see her be so open and then not get that rose and then just be like, all right, I'm out. Like I always respect the early exit. I feel like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a power well, move. She was honestly like, dang. And she's like, <laughs> when she said I'm a long-term investment, I was like, all right, Kit, funny, like you now in this moment. But then I started thinking about hometowns and I'm like, I think that she's not into him. And she just like, she's like, I'm really going to have to ask my mom permission to like. <laughs> Cynthia Raleigh is not coming right to Nemecolin. Like, is he worth it to me? Yeah. Like in this moment. 
Totally. Totally. Um, Rachel got a big moment of validation on this episode when Matt gave her the rose after she pretty much said to him, what I got away from their converse took away from their conversation was I have no worries about us unless you just don't pick me. Like that was kind of her only concern, which is kind of crazy. This, this far away still from the finale. And he took that and he took this opportunity to give her that rose by and basically giving her, 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 confirmation in some way that's how i kind of read it. i i'm i really okay so i think that rachel's beautiful and she's smart and they have a connection i'm worried i'm a little mm-hmm. bit worried if they end up together i have i'm trying not to feel it but i'm like i think she also wants to ensure that she's the winner mm, i get that and I think that's tough when it comes to love. Like, mm-hmm. yes, of course, this is a competitive situation because you're all competing for one person's love. But most of what she says is like, to me, what matters most is that you validate me above all of these other women and then we're cool. Mm, Versus yeah. how are you making me feel in that moment? Yeah, I think sometimes it's well, there's always the love versus lust thing on The Bachelor, which comes into play a lot. But also with those two specifically, they both have kind of said they've never been in love before or have don't totally know if they have. And now I think they just convinced themselves that they're in love and they're going to lean into it. But I don't know if it's going to work. I have my doubts as well. Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a little tricky. It's going to be a little tricky, especially once they get home. Yeah, it's never easy. Um, and the Brie was another one who on this date, I think she was looking to get some validation when she opened up about the fact that she had to resign from her job, which is always interesting to me when they come on the show. Maybe like, I wonder if when you leave for The Bachelor, you tell your employer, like, I'll be gone for two weeks. And then if you like make it this far, you have to I call. I thought what she was going to say was about to be like a really huge, because like the, the lead up, I was like, <gasps> and then it was like, I had to resign from I was like, well, I mean, that was 50% chance of that happening when you go on a television show and you're away an extended period of time. Yeah. But I wonder if maybe she, cause it's made it, so she said like a couple days ago I had to. So did she like leave them hanging, not thinking she would make it this far? Well, and then they like, like producers six, have to call. How many weeks in are they? Six weeks? Probably ish. I guess. So let's say you take a leave of absence, like, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really make sense is as much as they would do. And she never thought she'd make it past it. Who knows? But he, his reaction was like, well, shucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm still giving the roast to Rachel. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate it. Good luck finding your next one. That's really how I felt. Yeah, no, for sure. And her job, it's Chris Harrison has said before, he said on like some interview before he kind of teased that this was going to come into play and said that Bree's occupation, her occupation is listed as communications manager. She does like social media for some high profile tech company. And he said, I'm not allowed to say what tech company and I don't want to put her job in jeopardy. It's a big one. She almost wasn't on the show to begin with because she obviously didn't want to give up this amazing job. So now I just want to know where the hell Bree works. I didn't actually know that part. So now uh, don't worry, I'll get into it and I'll, I'll figure it out. But I mean, maybe that's, uh, maybe it's show related. Maybe they, she, maybe they kind of gave her a choice. You either need to come off the show now or come back because it's, it's, I bet there are people that are way sleuthier than I am a sleuthier word, but it is now <laughs> that have figured out where it is that she works. Yeah, I'm sure messages she and all the things and they probably don't want that. No. Yeah. She posted like an Instagram last night, like jokingly with like a phone being like calling my job to get my to, calling my job to get calling my employer to get my job back. 
And I was like, oh, kind of interesting that she posted that when she does make it to the final four. So I guess she's insinuating <laughs> this wasn't worth it. Like, I think she was just trying to be funny, but I was like, it's a little bit of a but dig like, to the situation. It's a little bit confusing where you've left us off here. Yes. Um, we obviously saw Justinia get her one-on-one, which was kind of a, we all knew she wasn't going to get the rose. Everyone but her knew she wasn't going to get that rose. I, I mean, but she was excited about it. I'm, I'm looking at my notes. I, I, this is what I wrote. Justinia goes on date, leaves. Yay. Like I, was, for me, I, I don't know. I just never felt like she was that authentic to who she actually is. And if, I mean, and I don't have, I don't know if I'm going to say bitchy, but if you're bitchy, be bitchy. Yeah. It is who you are and fine. And people are either going to like you for it or not. Or if you're a good girl and you're nice a hundred percent of the time, then you got to actually be that. Yeah, I agree. Which try to do both all the time. And that's where you wonder, like, is she trying to please the producers? Is she trying to show a little extra flair? But all it did for me was like, I don't know who you are. Yeah, I agree. Because we just came off that whole MJ thing where she kind of got to win that argument. And then she ended up looking really mean with the Heather thing. She was like leading the charge of who are you? Why are you here? They were both going to get set home last week. They should have. Like, you should have just both they both should have been done because even the way he was talking to her is like the way he would talk to his sister mm, except like for the car make out <laughs> oh yeah except for that part that would have been part <laughs> that was like their version of the of the run and jump was the car make out <laughs> yeah that was something um but it leaves us with our final four and our hometowns which is michelle brie serena and rachel how do we feel about them? So, I mean, I definitely think the top two are Michelle and Rachel. I agree. My pick is Michelle just because I think I, I think they have the most connection, truthfully. I think they had the most fun. It was the relationship that like seemed seemed like it could really go somewhere. That being said, they show in the trailer like she's having hesitation. It's moving too fast for her. But she has also said that she really struggles with seeing him with other women. Mm. So maybe she's already that could be just her playing ahead, thinking about um, fantasy suites, the idea of him going to multiple fantasy suites, any of that. She, she could just be playing mind games with herself on that. Um, I do think Rachel's probably the winner. Mm hmm. Um, and I think that we'll have a perfectly curated relationship for a bit of time on the ground. It's possible. Um, you know, she's gotten into some heat, so we'll see how all that plays out, which is a whole other discussion. But I think with Michelle also, as we go into fantasy suites and hometowns, there's something that's different about these, this season and last season is all being in this one location and the women still kind of staying in the same place. Right. And it really gets in, it, I assume it kind of got in the guy's heads on Tasha's season. And with women, it's even usually would be more. Um, so I'm very interested to see if they're all, you know, cause this group has been on the show out of the drama for the most part, these four. So he kind of got four who haven't, you know, been ca- called mean girls, which is good, but I don't know how they're all going to treat each other if they're still on this resort when he's going to fantasy suites. Well, I think that's what's, I mean, but I think it was really telling when they did show the clips of, of Michelle saying, let's do a shot. But first I want to show how good I look on TV. And you saw all the girls laugh. Brie like mm-hmm. spit on her by accident. Like, cause she choked up her champagne. Rachel is laughing. I feel like these girls are good girls. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I don't think they're going to really duke it out, but I think that it's going to be adventures together that you're like, I can't believe that it's yeah. not together. But like even, but some of the ones that have lasted, like Sean and Catherine, mm-hmm. I didn't see them together that often when they were on the show together. No, she was kind of one who snuck in. But then when she did sneak in, you're like, oh, where has she been hiding? Versus like these girls who have kind of like when Jacinia finally got her date. I'm like, OK, why are you still here? Like, I know I was waiting for you to get this one on one. Yeah. But like, I think the problem is we don't see I don't see enough of Brie. Mm. Like, I know Brie's beautiful. I kind of remember their first date. Um, I remember the green dress out of the limo. That's like what I've just remembered Brie with this whole time, but that's kind of it. Serena P. I remember the cheese plate. I remember, you know, like the getting punched, but I mean, I've just got my two. I've just got Michelle and Rachel of like who I think it's going to be. I don't I agree. I think part of it is what they've shown us and what they've not shown us. And part of it is Matt's season really what editing and not editing just has turned into this drama situation. These girls were like out to get each other in a way that we haven't seen on this show quite so transparently. Usually, you know, there's some gossiping. It's a bunch of girls in a room, but this is all to their faces in a way that was pretty shocking. And to their faces, but also like without really any, like even when those other girls came in, I think Michelle was one of them at the point, but there was maybe four girls that came in one of them like got her heart broken i remember when she had to leave but like for for the other woman to be that upset at these women when they know this is a reality television show that's meant to create shock value mm-hmm. to be mad at the women is just so confusing to me agreed they could be mad at matt all they want if he allowed heather to stay which they didn't even let him say anything before they just turned on her no they they, they couldn't even say hi good to see you like whatever they're like just attack mode I love the ones who pretended they didn't know who she was either. It's like, you all know, like you all watch this show. Come on. Come on. She's been living in the same kingdom as you guys this whole time, making her pizza videos. Don't act like you had no idea she was there. I know. Um, I have to ask you as we go into hometowns, how would um, Mr. John Mellencamp handle a hometown date if you were if you were one of these girls? Oh, my, he, I, I mean, I even try to remember the first time that I like brought Edwin home and I had to tell Edwin before he went home. I'm like, all right, we have to make a couple changes. Like, I need you to stop with the super low cut V-necks and I need you to cut your ponytail. Like, these are just things we need to accomplish before we have the introduction. But the way that my dad is, even with Edwin, it's taking years and years. I mean, they definitely get along. They have, a, but like, he's very like cool. Like, he's like, yeah, whatever. You know, he's all right. He's cool. But then it'll be like, hey, can you send me the link to where Edwin got that sweater? You know, like, it's mm, very, yeah. like, he would never actually compliment him, but like, He's always playing it cool. So yeah. I can't even imagine if it was also being filmed and it was in a six week time period that I was going to possibly be accepting a proposal. Like, I, know. I, I, I don't imagine it'd be that warm and fuzzy. I love the parents because you always want to think it's like you're part of you are like, of course, you should be like, this is insane. Don't whatever. But then you're also like, oh, don't sabotage her. Like, she really likes him. Like, it's like this myth. Like, I think my parents would just probably be like, you don't want us to show up. Like, it's not going to go well. It will be be best if you just bring your siblings. Like, yeah, let's all joke around. (laughs) I know. I, I think it can go either way. And once we I think once we see the parents, we'll see a completely different side to who each of these are as well. It gets real. Um, I did this on my Instagram. Um, it's called a game I made up last night called Paradise or Pass with all of the women who got kicked off. And okay. I'm going to read the results and I want you to tell me you too. Um, Heather, 
do we want to see her on Paradise or, or do we think Heather should maybe sit, sit this next one out? Pass. Pass one on the Instagram as well. I think Heather is beautiful and I think she should have no problem finding a boyfriend outside of this television. No, I, but Paradise, I want messy. I want messy. I want all the things. Like Bachelor, like I'm really looking for love. Paradise, mm -hmm. I like, I mean, I love... I mean, I love even the Ashley and Jared of it all, like the yes. back and forth and the turmoil and you can't decide and she's in love with him and banging on his door. Like, that's what I want. Yes, I, I agree. I, like, I don't go to paradise to like watch, you know, I can't. No, I need more. Well, which brings us to Serena C, which that was a 85% pass, 15% paradise which I kind of understand, but she would probably bring some drama. Is that the kind of I drama we want? I think she would bring some drama, but like, I also have to look at the women, like, would I want to be pals with her? And no. I don't think I would. <laughs> no. So she's a pass for me. Like if I have to think about it, but I was like the bartender mm -hmm. at Paradise. Would I want to like sit and have a skinny mark with her and the way that she acted on the season? No, no. Chelsea, Paradise or pass? Oh, I think she'd be great for paradise. Great for paradise. Yes, me too. Paradise, 69% um, on my Instagram. I think we didn't get to see enough of her. And she's one of those who would probably show up in paradise and it'd be like, wait, who is this? Oh yeah. She was on Matt season, yada, yada. Then we'd probably fall in love with her. Cause that always well, she happens. She was kind of feisty. She's beautiful, but she's also like not a hundred percent comfortable, like in the dating situation. But I think she's also competitive as heck. So I think good. Chelsea. Ab Abigail, paradise or pass. No, I don't. I don't want to see somebody else breaking Abigail's heart. I want to see Abigail going for the full thing, getting the Neil Lane ring on her finger and going for it. Kit, paradise or pass? This was my most split one of people debating. <sighs> you know, you loved at the beginning. I thought Ken, Kit was going to be more of like a what is it, Corinne? You know, mm -hmm. I thought because she came in like kind of, I'm the queen, I'm this, like saying like, but then she changed and then she became likable. And so I, I maybe passed, but I could see her on another show. I, she was interesting to watch. Yeah, she had a like, she had a, a sense of TV it factor. I mean, she's Cynthia Rowley's daughter. She's style, like, whatever. She looked cool. Like she's, I, she grew into herself. I think she originally was more aggressive in the things that she was saying because she maybe wasn't comfortable. And then as she got comfortable, she became more herself and more likable, which I could see, but I could totally see her on another show, like some fashion type show or like, I, I liked her. I just don't, I don't think she's going to get messy in paradise. Kit is also one of the ones who um, has taken the most accountability, in my opinion, of like apologizing to Sarah from early beginning of the season. Like she has been one of the ones who was first to go on her Instagram and be like, I'm appalled at what I'm watching and tried to kind of offer some insight, but also was like, I was acting like irrational and whatever. And a lot of these other women, we saw Victoria go on Good Morning America and try to say she was lighthearted and wasn't hurting anyone's feelings I, I, when we I know, know she was. It's, it, yeah, no, I, I think Kit, Kit, we will see again, but not in paradise. Okay, Jacinia. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Jacinia would probably be good in Paradise. Probably, right? I think Jacinia would probably do, do some good work in Paradise. And Piper. You know what, Piper, Piper has a little crazy in her. A little crazy in her. I think Piper could be good in Paradise. Piper's beautiful. She's had some really funny things, but she has big reactions. But a lot with this Heather thing. She really yeah, took it personally. Not just the Heather thing, but there was a couple of other times where she was just like over, like what? So yeah, I think she'd be good in paradise. 
It's going to be interesting because when Paradise does eventually come back, we have all of Peter's girls, who I know you didn't watch that season, but none of them have had a chance because there was no Paradise this summer, plus Tasha and slash Claire's men, plus these guys, plus we're going to have another season of The Bachelorette. So it's going to be a lot of potential contenders. Which is good because I think that Paradise, some of the guys were getting a little used up. Like, we've been with too many of these women at this point. Like, we need, we need some fresh blood. Like, you I think so, too. Like, within this batch atmosphere, there's too many crossovers. Yeah, it gets really messy when you are on a love triangle one season, then you come on, and then you're in a new love triangle, and we're trying but to keep track, and then the third shows, person shows like, up. Ones that I didn't watch, but, like, there was, like, that Olympics one, like, the back. Oh, Bachelor Winter Games. Then, so there's all these other relationships that happened that I didn't understand all of a sudden when they got to Paradise. Even when, like, Claire came to Paradise. And I, I don't know. There was just, there was a lot of things that happened on Winter Games that I was not up to date on the last Bachelor in Paradise. And I was like, what's happening? There was talk of doing summer games before Corona when the Olympics were happening, supposed to happen. And I assume obviously the real Olympics will be happening again, maybe this summer, hopefully. And I wonder if they're going to throw in some bachelor summer games. I mean, give it to me next time I'll watch. I'll realize I didn't do myself any favors by skipping out. Interesting to have people from like all over the, the world too, like the bachelor Canada, the bachelor, like Japan, like there was all these different worlds we don't even know about, which is interesting. Well, Teddy, I have to ask you about what you've been up to. How has it been now that these Beverly Hills ladies have, you know, filmed their season and you've been, you know, with your kids living your life. I'm sure you're still very busy, but how, <laughs> how's the transition been? You know, it's definitely been interesting. And there, of course, that's, there's that original point where like, you're like, wow, did this really happen? Like that was that was a lot to go on in 2020. Um, but then I also think like, well, I'm really grateful that I was able to be with Mike. Like my kids, my husband and I wanted to go out to like an outdoor dinner alone without our kids on Valentine's Day because they opened up rest. And my kids like sobbed. Like they were like, no, like they've gotten really attached because like they had to Zoom they had to do zoom school. They had to do all of these things. And like, I don't know that I could have necessarily like been in it to win it. Like fighting mm. people and living one foot in one foot out when like my kids really needed me. And we were like in a really transitional time. Like Dove had neurosurgery. Like there was just so much going on that even if I was there, I just, it felt better to not be. Even though, yeah, but I mean, all the women, I still talk to 90% of them. So, and I have real relationships with them. And so, yeah, there's those moments where you're like, oh, that was so funny. That sounds fun. And you remember the good times, but it's like a, a bad relationship. You know, like you think yeah. you remember the good times and sometimes you forget on all those times he cheated on you or he did this. <laughs> Do you think you're going to watch? You know, I think... I have to see what happens. Like I, I had already said on another podcast, like um, I'm not watching any of the Real Housewives show until I get like a new TV job. But then I just saw the trailer for Jersey. I'm like, I'm well, I may have to go back. <laughs> Let me tell you, I watched the Jersey premiere. It's definitely, it's a journey. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I mean, I love them, but I think parts will be hard to watch this year. Um, you know, it's it's always hard to watch when your friends are going through stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. I wish them all the best. Have you spoken to Erica amongst all this? Yeah, this I've spoken. I speak divorce. to every, I mean, I, I would say I speak, I've spoken to everybody that's on the cast and yeah. You know, what about Kathy Hilton? I love, she is hilarious <laughs> by the way. I can't wait to she, see her. She is going to be TV gold. She is so funny. She, uh, you, 
she lights up the screen. I'm very excited. Well, I don't know if you heard this, but Mila Kunis on Danny Pellegrino's Everything Iconic podcast said she was very upset when she heard you weren't coming back. So you have Mila Kunis on your side, Teddy. Well, I, I actually commented. I was like, Mila Kunis has spoken because I love <laughs> Mila Kunis. She's amazing. And you know what? I, I think the, the truth is, is like by the end, you didn't see me as a full, well-rounded person. You only saw me pregnant and in drama. Like there was Mm -hmm. no like me with my family or my work or any of the other things that you had seen in the other seasons. And like, it is what it is. But Mila Mila Kunis had an eye. (laughs) That's that's a big one. That's pretty cool. A lot of people watch Bravo and that was when she like went to town. She was defending you. And I was like, you go Mila Kunis and Teddy. I also will say I've gotten into some fights with my own friends because I thought you were good on the show. I liked you. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, thank you. You know, I, I kind of realized I'm like, you know what? The three seasons that I was on, the fact that I was an integral part of the drama is reason why I have a lot less anxiety in my life now. So I grew. I grew. <laughs> you grew as a person. Um, we're asking all the housewives past and present of this right now. And this, since we talk about reality TV so much on this podcast, do you have a bravo, bravo, bravo moment? Something you, a time you wish you said it, a time, something you wish you could go back and try to get them not to air it before that kind of blew up and became, you know, what it is. Was there ever a moment when you wanted to just call it and be like, don't uh, air this? The Provence, the next day, my drunk night that actually everybody ended up loving for whatever reason. But my drunk night in Provence, the next day I woke up and I can't even tell you the level of anxiety was in. I was running from producer to producer, begging them to tell me what happened, like banging on Kyle's door, trying to get info. Like you can't even imagine, like I called my parents like I called my husband. My husband's like, you called me 32 times last night. I was like, what if they show Like, you just have no idea what's going to be shown. And then I realized that I'm in a fight with it. Like Rena's like, yeah, you got stuff you need to deal with with there. I'm like, oh, this, I, I, I need to remove myself from this entire situation. And I dreaded that episode the entire year. And then it came and I was like, ah! was my most likable self then it was so relatable we've all been there we've all had too much of a wine tasting i think we can all say that but yeah no nobody would give me any crumbs the next day partially because everybody else not i mean not the producers obviously but all the other cast they were drunk too but like i was just the worst but we had i still have endless amount of dancing videos we choreograph i mean there was so much fun that happened that night as well from my videos that uh wasn't shown, but yeah, it was a good time. Oh I also wanted it gone. So good. Well, I'm going to miss you on Bravo, but I'm so happy you're, you're with us among the bachelor nation. You'll be, you'll be following. Maybe you'll figure out what Bree's job is and you'll be on the case. And thank I'll you so much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for joining me. It's always fun to talk to you. Is there anything, are you still do you do your podcast, right? Yeah. Doing Teddy Teapod, which we just got into free Britney last week, which you guys have to give it a listen. I learned so much. And yeah, every week we're digging, going down different rabbit holes, things that are interesting, things that everybody's talking about, things that I want to learn on. So I love that. I also still have All In by Teddy, which we have been sold out every week. So it's it's been busy, but life has been good. That's awesome. And Dove is doing well after her surgery oh, and everything, right? Boss baby back in business. That's who she is. Oh, boss love around to hear it. Seven. I assume we're not adding more children to um to the, no, to the bunch. Even though my husband and kids keep asking, they're like, "We think one more." I'm like, "I think y'all are crazy." I hey, we don't have housewives. Maybe we need one more. No, 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 no. I'm like, I I look around my table and it feels full. 
<laughs> I love that. Very, very poetic, Teddy. Thank you. That's a perfect note to end on. Everyone can listen to Teddy's Teapod. Go all in by Teddy. You're on Instagram. You're always so funny on your Instagram stories with what you're watching. I know you're watching Gilmore Girls. I feel like I'm with you. I'm like, she's watching Gilmore Girls with the daughter. She's watching Free Britney. I'm really, I, I'm deep into a lot of things. I have insomnia, so night times are spent educating myself on things that have absolutely nothing to do with my own life. Perfect. That's what I, that's what <laughs> stars. They're just like us, you guys. They're just like us. Thank you, Teddy. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about this podcast and come back every week for more Bachelor breakdowns. Bye.